Eric Haslam is the owner, the creator, HaslamMetrics.com, which is as great of a resource as you could have when we're trying to just sift through the chaotic season that is college, as PJ has been doing. He did this Tuesday night. Uh, he said, there's an hour till March, and I cannot wait. So we're now into March as the chaos has continued this entire year. Let's start with just big picture with you and move down from there. Trying to sift through and find a potential national champion in college basketball. We look at number one teams in the AP Top 25, and it's shifting almost every single week, it feels like. What is the team that you have the most confident in right now as a national champion? Well, one of the things that I'm looking at is the efficiency ratings of both of those teams that in the past have had a lot of success have gotten to the Final Four and gotten to the championship game. The, the cutoff seems to be you've got to have a top 10 offense and a top 35 defense. That has yielded the most success since 2014. Um, if you look at those teams, and I checked this a few weeks ago. I don't look at this every day. But as of a couple weeks ago, there were three teams that actually qualified for that group. One of them was Houston. That's really no surprise. A second one was Purdue, and I'm not sure, sure if Purdue is right there right now, but they were close. The third one was actually before they even got as hot as they are right now, and that was Connecticut. Now, granted, a lot of Connecticut's numbers were really built up in December. They slumped a little bit in January, but all of a sudden now you're starting to see that UConn team that we saw earlier in the year. They have the fingerprint of a team that could go a long way. So I'm always looking for that top 35 in, in defense and especially top 10 in offense. Yeah, Eric, what other teams besides UConn are going to be underseeded in the tournament, do you think, that you can really find some value in? UConn's going to be a big one. I think Arkansas is going to be one. Are there some mm -hmm. other teams out there that, that you look at that could be underseeded? Well, I think one of them that jumps out at me as a team that's finally getting healthy is going to be Memphis. You remember Memphis last year was a team that a lot of people looked at and said they're going to get Gonzaga in that second round. And with the talent, they could give Gonzaga problems. And they did for a little bit of time. And now you bring a lot of that group back, and you get them healthy. They went for a long time without Malcolm Dandridge. He was injured. He lost Alex Lomax. Those guys are back. Kendrick Davis missed the game. Now he's healthy. If that team can play and bring it together, I like what they offer. Now I always look at those teams, and I, I kind of shy away from a team like St. Mary's. I like St. Mary's. Don't get me wrong. Randy Bennett's a heck of a, a great coach. He gets the most out of his players. But if you're thinking of a team that's going to go the distance, I always look for talent in March. It seems like a lot of these teams that aren't necessarily motivated throughout January and February hit a different gear when it matters. And I think of North Carolina last year, a great example. They had all the talent in the world, couldn't put it together, finally did in the month of March. Now you're talking about who is that team going to be. I'm thinking a team like Kentucky who had the fingerprint of a team that can go the distance a long way. They had the experience. They had the, the alpha. But also I'm thinking of a team like Arkansas, who now you get Nick Smith back. He's healthy. They have a high ceiling. I mean, for them to be landing where they are right now, which is probably right around that seven or eight line, that's a team everybody thinks of as a, as a two or a three or a four originally before the season started. So if they get it all together, I think the Razorbacks can really make a dent in the tournament. How big of an impact do you think Nick Smith's going to make right away? Well, that, I mean, he did have 26, I think, in his second game back, I believe. So I think that that is going to be something that kind of takes a little bit of time. And I'm a Wisconsin guy. I live here in just, just south of Madison. And it's kind of the same thing we saw with Tyler Wall. Um, Tyler Wall came back and just wasn't quite himself for the first few games. Now, is Nick Smith going to get that back quicker? He has a higher ceiling than Tyler, than Tyler Wall. 
Um, but no, I expect great things. I think Musselman's a, a fantastic coach. Um, it's going to be a nightmare matchup. If you land in somewhere on the seven line, maybe, or a six or um, as a six or a seven, you do not want to see Arkansas if you're a two or a three. Talking to Eric Haslam, HaslamMetrics.com. Uh, we've been watching Alabama very closely since, well, I mean, I, I guess you could say more of the off-the-court uh, stories started to seep into the narrative with this team, and they have not covered a game since. They have been winning, yeah. but they cannot cover. Games have been close. Uh, how do we, how do you specifically uh, look at Alabama the rest of the way? Do you think that that is a factor? Do you think that's something that will maybe start to fade a little bit? Where are you on Alabama as a team? You know, it's it's the littlest things can make such a difference. And like you said, yeah, I mean, this uh, all of a sudden the last three games, they get three wins in a row. But one of the things on my site is I look at um, the game efficiency rating. So there's an expectation for every team that you play. And then there's what they did before a game went analytically final. In all three games they played against South Carolina, Arkansas, and Auburn, they failed to meet the expectation in all of those games. Um, so obviously something's going on there. Um, it's it's a distraction. Distractions are never good. And you ask any coach in any sport, um, will that run through the SEC tournament? Hard to say. I mean, I could definitely see them being bumped right away in the SEC tournament because, you know, honestly, they don't have a lot to play for, in my opinion. That's one of the things that's really changed over the last decade or so is that a lot of these major conference tournaments don't really matter that much from a standpoint of bracketology. Um, they matter. I think there's a lot of pride involved, but there's certain teams that look at this and say, you know, like Alabama, if they lost in the first game, are they really going to drop out of that one that one line in the NCAA tournament? I don't think so. So the motivation may not be there. I would not be surprised if they lost in the first or second game there. But um, then again, once you get to the tournament, again, I talked about you amp it up to the next level, and I expect big things from Alabama. Yeah, I think that's a great point, especially in a conference like the SEC where they finish up on Sunday. We've seen in the past it really hasn't mattered too much on Selection Sunday. What about a team like Maryland, Eric? We were talking about the Big Ten last segment. Terps are 10-0 and at home in Big Ten play. They're 1-8 on the road. And a lot of the Big Ten teams are like that. They're great at home. They're awful on the road. So how do we approach teams like the Terps in the tournament? You have no idea, and that is is such a nightmare scenario when you're thinking of, I mean, it's, and on top of that, they're number 363, dead last in Division One in my consistency metric, which means they're all over the place. You don't wow. know what you're going to get from them one, one day to the next. Um, this reminds me of two teams last year, and both of them had very different outcomes. Um, I think it was bottom five in Division One. One team was North Carolina. The other was <laughs> Iowa. And I made the decision going into the tournament. I said, I am not going to pick any of these teams, either of these teams, to go to the Sweet 16 because they're just too inconsistent. If they have one great game, they're going to have a bad one right after it or vice versa. So I ended up picking Richmond to beat Iowa, and I ended up picking Baylor to beat North Carolina in the second round. Well, you know what happened there. North Carolina got a big, Baylor came back, but they snuck out the win. All of a sudden, they put together a nice run of wins, um, got all the way to the final. So that was something I never saw coming. Same thing holds for Maryland. All of a sudden, you know, the fingerprint tells you one thing. Yes, they can't win away from home. Yes, they're all over the board. But I, I, I personally don't have any faith in Maryland just because a lot of people didn't think their ceiling was that high. Big difference between a team like North Carolina last year, which had a very high ceiling. I just think that Maryland is just kind of hitting their ceiling right now. And especially when you get them away from home, they're just not the same team. I kind of expect them to flop in the tournament. That's my opinion. Wow. Wow. Eric, one of the teams that 
has obviously a great coach with a great pedigree. All he does is win right away is Sean Miller and Xavier. You look at them, they sort of fit. They definitely fit the offensive side of the ball in terms of your your criteria. Not necessarily a defensively 80th in defensive rating, uh, but second in the country in terms of lighting it up from beyond the arc. Do you think this could be an elite eight team, Sneaky? Oh, absolutely. I believe in those um, those offensive teams I really like a lot. Now, I I show them as 58th in defensive efficiency. Not terrible by any stretch of the imagination, but this is the one thing about Xavier that I noticed. I love their offense. One of the things that I – it was my favorite game I watched this year was the first meeting between Xavier and Marquette. It was beautiful college basketball. Um, very much an individualistic game. It's becoming increasingly individualistic, but all of a sudden that was a team game. Um, just one of my favorite watches of the entire season. Um, does Xavier have a chance? Yeah, absolutely. They've they've turned things around. This used to be kind of the college that I, I hated to watch. It was the most boring college uh, basketball to watch was Xavier. So now all of a sudden I've kind of changed my outlook on them. Um, definitely with that offense, that is a, a criteria. Like I said, you've got to have top 10. you got to have shooters. And if they're second in the country and adjusted three-point percentage, they've got a chance in every game. That's the thing that burns a team like a Tennessee who all of a sudden they're going to go through these long slumps. If It doesn't matter how great your defense is. If you can't score your on your own, you can't win the game. And that's the thing that, that Xavier can definitely can do. They can score um, at the drop of a hat. You know, great resume. I really like what they have to offer. I think they're definitely looking at a second weekend. Eric, I'm looking at UCLA right now, up 38-34 in Arizona State. For a lot of the year, the conversation was, is it Arizona? Is it UCLA is the best team in the Pac-12? I bet UCLA recently to win the national title. I like their veteran leadership. I just think this is a team that's really started to even get better as the season has gone on. Has UCLA separated themselves significantly from Arizona and the Pac-12? And also, how do you view them as a potential national title winner? Well, I don't think they've really separated themselves too much. I think Arizona is very dangerous. The problem I have with Arizona is that Arizona um, just seems to go to sleep. Like, uh, I'd say, like, every fifth game. I mean, they're capable of scoring 85, 90, 95 points when they want to, but then all of a sudden you have a game where it's just kind of a head-scratcher where they just kind of don't put it all together. I think UCLA is very much under the radar. Um, They don't meet the criteria of a top-10 offense. They're 21st for me, but they're second in the country in defensive efficiency. Um, It kind of feels to me a little bit like Kansas last year. I know they're completely different teams, but the reason I bring bring up Kansas was that everybody thought Gonzaga last year, everybody thought Baylor last year, everybody thought, and and then Kansas was there, but Kansas was a little bit under the radar. People weren't really talking about them, and then they made a run. Same thing is kind of going on here with UCLA. UCLA has a lot of talent. People know how good UCLA is. They know the, the major players, but again, they're just kind of hanging there under the radar. I don't think a lot of people are talking about them. I personally think they should be the fourth number one seat ahead of Purdue, um, I don't think the committee will award them of that, but who knows? That remains to be seen what happens with the remaining games. Um, if if all of a sudden Purdue loses tonight, last I checked they were up six. Um, but, you know, things like that happen and Purdue loses, all of a sudden UCLA could sneak in as a one seed. I think UCLA is a very high ceiling. Arizona, oh boy, I, I like them a lot. One of the most fun offenses to watch, but just susceptible to upset, I think, at some point. That scares me a little bit. Eric, as we're approaching, tournament week for the power six if you had to pick a long shot maybe or a team with good value in one of those six leagues where where would be a team that you would attack 
Well, you're probably thinking of a team that, that rises up when you least expect it that is really, really motivated. So if you're talking about the Power Six conferences, you might think about a team that all of a sudden flips the switch, who all of a sudden struggles for a, for a stretch, finds the answers, and then all of a sudden, you know, turns it on. And I don't know if that's going to be a team like, I don't know about Oklahoma State, the Avery Anderson uh, injury is, is a problem, but, it, you know, could a Texas Tech do that with who is truly motivated they all of a sudden seem like they're starting to play a lot better a lot more up to snuff of what every what was expected of them going into the season um i you know it that that would be a tough gambit a gauntlet to run though with uh with the big 12 so i mean any given night any team could beat anybody there um just a really tough call on that one but you know i I think texas tech still has the ability to to beat anybody on any given night I'm glad you feel good about UCLA. That makes me feel a little bit better about that. Eric Haslam, HaslamMetrics.com. Check good it stuff. out. It is great. Great. Thank you. Thank you for coming on with us tonight. Thanks, guys. Take care.